At Redemption Church, this is uh, the collection of our, our church staff here in our final week in uh, what's been a five-week series called uh, Conversations with Leaders We Love. The idea was pretty simple. Um, how do we get around people that we really respect, love, and need to learn from as a church? And just ask them various questions about Jesus and about life and about what they do. Uh, and so we're in our last week. This is also our last week, uh, as we just shared with you, of us gathering digitally. Um, we will continue to live stream. Like we said, I just want to repeat that, so we're very clear there. Um, but this is the last week we'll be recording and, and send this out on Sunday mornings. And so we thought the best possible place for us to end is with probably the two uh, probably most important leaders in our church that we love so much, and that's Justin Kaylee. And so uh, why don't you take a moment and introduce yourselves and let the church know and those who may be tuning in that don't know who you are, who you are, and what you do. I'm Kaylee Jensen, and I do community and global engagement and then foster care, kinship, and adoption as well. And I'm Jess Tenery. Um, I'm the director of kids, also communication, also ministry, support, I, you name it, I'll fill in the gaps. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So Jess does like, she has three different job titles at the church. Kaylee has two. And so uh, together they're doing the work of five people. And so we're really excited. Thank you so much for being willing to talk to us and be part of this series. I know it's not something that was like, yay, I can't wait to go and be part of this Sunday sermon, but uh, we're really thankful for you to be here. So we're going to jump right in because we only have a certain amount of time. We know there's so much that we want you guys to share and to say. And so, Kayla, if we can start with you, we're going to kind of on the front end of this, this recap a bit what the last five or six months have looked like. And so could you just talk about you and your role over the last five months what does it look like? Why has it been important we've been doing it? Uh, yeah, that's hard to do in a brief statement, but uh, I think that just the word that we've been using in this time is creativity. So what has been the, the needs that we're hearing from our neighbors and from our friends? And so just asking that question. And so we've kind of been working with uh, different friends and neighbors during this time. We've been consistent with some of our partners and we've shifted what that's looked like. So um, Navajo and Hopi Nations, we've been working with 12 communities there. Foster kinship and adoption, it's been uh, a rough few months. And so just really, and Entering into vulnerable spaces with those that we love and already in relationship with, and then uh, really broadening who we're in relationship with too. Nice. I love that. Uh, as like the pastors that preach and stuff, whatever you know, like uh, I guess I don't need quotations for that. But you know that sometimes I think what you guys do gets lost. You know, in the midst of it, people are like. They know you're around. They know you're doing a lot of work. And so thanks for sharing that. Jess, will you also kind of share what have the last few months been like for you? And first, I want to say this because she wouldn't say this about herself. She's been like really a fill-in-the-gap mm -hmm. person these last five months. I feel like there's been so many times where she has helped like this recording happen in all mm -hmm. kinds of ways. And she really, there's a lot of things she's done that she wouldn't mention or even know to mention because she's just filling in the gaps and mm -hmm. stepping up where she needs to be. But besides that kind of stuff, Jess, what's some, what has for you a, which your a lot of your work is focused on Sundays in particular, what has that looked like for you? But also some of the communication stuff too. Yeah, um, I think you're being a lot more generous. <laughs> I think uh, one of the biggest things is just like week to week and month to month, it has looked so different. And uh, I feel like we always have a plan and then God's just like, nope, not quite. Um, so yeah, a lot of my work has always been Sunday mornings, kids ministry. Um, in some ways, it's been a breath of fresh air because uh, Sunday mornings can so often be like running around, making sure kids are safe and alive and ratios are met and my teachers are know what's going on. Um, 
And so shifting from that, we started having uh, some weekly events. We did activities. We had tie-dye. We ate popsicles um, and just kind of existed together while doing crafts and eating yummy snacks. Um, and in that capacity, it was really fun to just be with our families and felt a lot easier to just sit and like have conversations that I don't always have the opportunity to engage with. Um, but yeah, I think creativity is a great word for it because it was like, okay, what are we doing next week? Like we had a hike, we had a movie night last week. Now what's something active we can do? What's something new, adventurous? Um, and there was a lot of really awesome opportunities for that, but it just felt um, in some ways really life-giving. In other ways, I was like, I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, am I just doing summer camp for the kids? Maybe, but um, it was super fun. So yeah. Yeah. We're, so I think Anthony's right though. I mean, like we could add, literally add like a fourth a fourth part-time job that would be gap filler, which is just redemption gap filler. And so, yeah, that's been amazing. So um, we're going to kick it kind of back and forth between you, I think, just trying to keep kind of delving into a bit of the stuff you guys have been doing. So, Kate, if we can zoom back in on, on really, I think it consumed probably four months, I think, of our time and a ton of our resource in, in all really great ways. Mm. Um, and then, and then honestly, some, some heavy ways and all that stuff too. But could you, could you, press into the the work that we did with Navajo and Hopi and what it looked like for us to serve that indigenous population over the last four months and then it, and then if I could add that what are we looking towards moving forward as well yeah this was uh, an experiment honestly of trying to figure out what the needs are and so just having conversations at the beginning of when when COVID was kind of coming about uh, to Flagstaff to say like what are the most desperate needs and what is already being served and supported in different ways with different partners or agencies and then what are the gaps and so we really look to serve in the gaps of, of areas that haven't been offered or are, aren't being looked at um, like really looking at the margins and so um, when we started having conversations with leaders we know and love in the beginning of this it was kind of doing a needs assessment to say hey who are the people that we really want to step in and advocate for and communicate with and so that started um, again as an experiment and so we put together 50 boxes um, and I was like that's a lot. There's no way we can do more right, than that right. in our tiny little office. And so um, what led from that 50 boxes had grown into about 350 every other week. And so in the last five months, that's been a lot of cans of spam. Um, and, um, like weird like shopping Hawaii was sold out. Like, <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Well, I think we got all of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so what does it look like to come alongside and to come behind local leaders as they advocate for their communities? And so it took a lot of time and relationship and again, like not making decisions to make a decision or to be the savior or to be the fixer, um, but to be the helper and to be the partner with. And so, mm. um, that takes more time to have those conversations and to build that relationship and right. to build that level of trust. And so for the last several months, we've um, been building and growing that. So 12 communities is what we've been working with during this time. And so we've officially kind of ended phase one of serving those 12 communities. So we're doing another needs assessment to just say, hey, what, what are the realities now? What shifted in the last six months? Um, what funding and support are available through Navajo and Hopi right. Nation? And again, where can we be in the margins? And so there's like so many, so many stories and they've all seen me weep a lot over uh, the beautiful pieces and the heartbreaking pieces of what this has looked like. But honestly, yeah. it's been incredible to, to love our neighbors and to um, be challenged to be creative and, and work through the confines of a global pandemic to serve um, 
and really challenging spaces in the right way and to honor the people that we love. Yeah, will you talk about some of the partners that, that came alongside us, it's both both obviously the people we served with um, and alongside and then also um, financially, you know, there was, this was not, this definitely wasn't a redemption only thing, um, but it wasn't even just like one or two, like there were people statewide, right, that were part of this. And so we just talk about that a bit. Yeah, again, I think we, we said yes to this little bit of this next step, and then it really blew our minds, like the beauty of creativity and the beauty of people saying, wow, we like what you're doing and we want to work with you, if that's helping with shopping, if that's helping finances. And so we had a few different ways that we were inviting people to financially partner um, through GoFundMe and then also through a link through the church. And so um, I, I don't have the official amount yeah, right now, right. but literally thousands and thousands of dollars and so um, I would come back after shopping and the receipts were I'm not very tall so I'll preface it with, with <laughs> that's, that that's very true. but like the receipts were longer than I am tall and so to be able to purchase what we need to support our that's neighbors that's why you needed Sherry because Sherry's a tall it's true she so has she an extra foot and a half and they, were, they were still so. taller than a Sherry yeah, though so. yeah. <laughs> so it, it hasn't just been um, people have been bringing donations physically here, but literally partnering around the world um, and around the state of Arizona um, to say, hey, we love what you're doing and we want to be a part of it with, um, yeah, with what they were physically and financially um, able to partner at that time. Yeah, so. yeah. I think initially we had talked about like, this is going to, uh, Tom Johnson and Delphina Johnson, they they gave us kind of this target goal number of, of $160,000 and that's what we would have to raise. And we're, that's a daunting number. I mean, it's like half our, that's half our church budget, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, uh, just trying to navigate that number in my head and how would we ever get there? And I think it kind of was like, we pretty much hit 160,000, but it was not just financially. It was like God brought free bread. Like literally, like, it felt <laughs> like a bread from heaven, from the but it was bread from some bread guy. Abel, Abel a, the bread, bread guy. from Yeah, bread from Abel. Thanks, Abel. So he <laughs> resurrected Abel. <laughs> he's, he's still alive. Uh, bread from Abel, water, like $80,000 worth of water yeah. or something like that. So, um, so it was just amazing to see how everyone came together. And I think that number was a pretty much when you look at donations in kind, God, like, met Tom and Delphina in that request in, in really yeah. neat and in amazing ways. And so um, I know on the whole, the church has just been overwhelmingly generous mm -hmm. with our benevolence fund, which contributed significantly to that project as well as so many other projects during the season. Mm -hmm. And so even just to take a moment, acknowledge the generosity yeah. uh, of redemption and our people and then friends of our people that kind of heard about the work we were doing in this season and just said, hey, we would love to give to that. So just honestly, from the deepest parts of this, thank you for mm -hmm. for looking into what is important in this season and loving neighbor through mm -hmm. your resources. It's been yeah. it's been pretty awesome. So yeah, anything else you'd add and tie a bow on that? Um, yeah, when we talk about generosity, I think there's been so many moments um, that I haven't even known what to ask for in this season or like, hey, I can't even verbalize. We really need this bed for this one family that I got a call for that I'm just weeping over um, we, that we want to help and then literally get a phone call or a text saying, I have a twin bed. Do you know someone who needs it? And so the, the, the beauty of people saying yes and like allowing them to serve uh, with their goods and their time and their finances, um, like I've, I've gotten to be a front row person to see that and to receive those messages and to show up with a mask and gloves to someone's door and bring a bed to them. 
them. And, and I just, I, I would hope to be able to give that to you too and know, and, and know how much I personally am thankful that we get to do this together mm-hmm. and the stories and the lives, um, both like tangible that we can measure on a spreadsheet or something like that. And just the things I I can't even tell you the stories because this side of heaven, right? We don't know. Um, So thank you for allowing us to be a part of that and being with us in this. Every thanks that you or I heard, every thanks for that kid that I heard is a thanks to, is the thanks to the church. So, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I, I mean, I just love that picture too of we all have different giftings and resources and we come together and we use them different ways. And I think sometimes we, we want to be the feet on the ground, but we can't be, and that's okay. You know? Yes. So, um, anyways, uh, pinging back to Jess, uh, you know, some, so I've, uh, I, I have three kids, so I felt, <laughs> uh, but anyways, I felt like having three kids in a pandemic, it's not fun if, uh, for those that don't have any kids. Um, if you have four or more. Yeah. It gets fun, actually, at that point. No. It's just three. Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, all that's being said, I, I felt cared for as a parent. My girls felt cared for, even, like, how safe you were making things outside and that they could participate and do these different mm-hmm. things. And, and what I thought was cool about that is even though you weren't doing Sundays anymore, it felt like what you were saying earlier was you – I think you were connecting with the families in a lot of cool ways. And, like, I felt like even over the last few months, if I wanted to know, like, how a family was doing, I would just say, hey, how's this family doing? And you would often know some of what was going on uh, with the families. And if there's families out there, like, she didn't know about me, just calm down. Um, and please but, <laughs> tell me. If I don't know how you're doing, like, text me. Yeah. I want to know. It's been a weird season. And so, but, uh, no, but... Uh, what are what are some like the cool stories from the families in this crazy season? What are some of the things that I don't know just stuck at, stuck out to you or encouraged you or anything like that? Yeah, I think um, it's been a funny season watching how different people. Some people like started really strong. They were like, "Cool, we've got two months of this. Like, we're gonna have all the fun activities. We're gonna enjoy this time." And then when it got past the like eight weeks that they were expecting, they're like, "Oh my gosh, now what? Like, it's not over yet." Um, and then other other families did the opposite where at first it was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I'm locked in my house and have slowly adapted and learned what life at home looks more like. Um, but yeah, I think in the season sort of in that relational aspect, I have never, there's families that I just haven't had that relationship with before that I have gone on walks. I have sat in front driveways and just watched as the kids like ran circles, um, and had like had conversations. Um, and I think for me, it's always just felt like, um, it can feel a lot like taking care of the kids, like on Sunday mornings, like, okay, keep the kids alive while parents go get spiritually fed. Um, but to really engage in that and to, to feel like I'm caring for not only just the kids, but the family unit as a whole, um, and feel really welcomed in that space has been really cool. So yeah, I think yesterday we talked about, we were talking about what specific stories and I think through like families that have told me ways that they're having their kids engage at home with like home projects, um, families that have come up with age appropriate activities and they color and they are learning letters despite the fact that school is not in session. Um, we have one, Vince is wearing the shirt I noticed earlier, so Ada started her popsicle business and um, we wouldn't, I mean, maybe we will sell popsicles on Sunday mornings, that'd be dope. <laughs> but, <laughs> Eat and run. (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's the last week of the day. 
last week. Um, but yeah, we got to like, she launched this popsicle business and she wants to, she wants to be a little entrepreneur and she's just absolutely rocking it. And so in these events, we got to buy a bunch of her popsicles and stand outside. And we even, um, as like a ministry opportunity, had people yeah. just walking down the street that came and were like, can we have a popsicle? What are you guys doing? Um, and so it's just been really cool to watch as people kind of find their element um, and to enter into the, like, exactly where they are, not just, okay, we're going to meet on a Sunday morning, but what do you need in life? How can I be there for you? Um, yeah, and again, I've never been on more walks in my entire life. I feel like that was like, want to go for a walk then? And um, yeah, it's been amazing to just watch families grow and learn, and um, even in the hardest moments, I think it's been really cool to be a part of it. Yeah, that's awesome. The popsicles are incredible, too, and they're still for sale. I think like on weekends, I believe, if you... Saturdays, yeah. 10 to 2. <laughs> Feel free, Rand, just to drop down the, uh, Lindsay, the link on the bottom of this thing and say, come by and get a popsicle. Um, I love to seeing uh, kind of families support families. And honestly, I think what you've done is help facilitate some of that because, like, you are just one person. And so it's impossible for you to serve everyone. And so I've, I've seen families connect with families better in this season because of, like, the you know, almost the structure you've created, which is what we hope for, is that the church kind of disciples each other. So, yes, right there. Um, we want to we kind of transition with y'all, if that's all right, to like getting away from necessarily kind of recapping and really like, how do we shape our church moving forward? Because this is obviously, this is the end of digital services this way, but there's still more to come, right? Like we're not shutting down the church, you know, if anything, we're going the other direction here. So Kayla, could you just talk about from your angle, um, community and global engagement, we know it's a significant part of what the church is supposed to be about, but how are you seeing that work and what we do here, discipling and forming our people? Um, I love this question, and again, I have so many stories that are coming to mind, but I think one of the sweetest um, parts of my job and parts of this season has been the, the level and the amount of relationship that we had kind of prior going into this season. And so in the beginning of COVID, um, I was getting calls and texts and Facebook messages and emails saying, what are you doing? We know you're going to do something. What can we do? How can we help you? We want to be a part of this. Um, and the beauty of that, right, it was overwhelming in the moment to like monitor that and, and decide and sift through. Um, but the beauty of expression to, to desire to partner together. And so when we talk about discipleship, I think of one story, um, and she's going to shake her head or roll her eyes or whatever, but uh, Christina during this time has just been um, amazing personally to me. Um, she's like brought me Trader Joe's uh, gifts to my house and um, just cared for me as a leader really beautifully, but um, I, I feel like it's my joy to be in a lot of different spaces and to hear a lot of needs. And so to learn to cultivate and communicate those and ask for help. Um, and so there's one specific situation that uh, a foster mom got a new placement. And she, before I even knew about it, Christina knew about it and had offered her to, to bring her a meal. And so like that's I set up a meal train. I ask these questions. I, I dialogue with the family. And then I kind of can come back and say, hey, these are the needs. And I can advocate for them. And in that moment, like I was totally out of the picture. Christina was a beautiful expression of she already had a relationship with this mama. She went for it. And she, she brought a mama that meal without me 
money doing anything. And so I think that's a beautiful moment as a leader to say we're, we build this and we invite this and we hopefully cultivate this and yet it, it stops at the, my limitations as a human being and we get to be a part of the bigger body of Christ. And Christina was just a beautiful picture of that. Um, I think too with uh, Shelly, with Sherry, she, um, (laughs) Shelly, who, um, I promise she's my friend, and I love her very much, um, (laughs) dang it, it's it's Um, Sherry Williams, it was like a, yeah, there you go, Shelly, yeah, I'm taking you to dinner next week anyway, but, um, I think like she she was so consistent and faithful and when I didn't even know what to say or how to ask for help she literally would show up at the office and say get in my car and we're going shopping and we're going to go get this and I'm going to show up and I'm going to count all these receipts and I'm going to be in obnoxious situations and I'm going to push around really full carts in Walmart with you. And um, so again, just this participation and this entering. And so when we, I think when we open those invitations and when people walk in that in more beautiful ways than I could ever, um, it's just so encouraging as a leader, so. That's awesome, I love that. so Jess, let's kind of shift these questions to you. This is going to be like a two-part question because I think the first part will set up kind of the discipleship type stuff. But so when it comes to COVID and how it's affected families, how have you seen families in our church specifically affected by COVID? Like what has it done to families? How, do, how, have, how have we been affected in that way? Um, yeah, I think I, think I kind of touched on this um, it's in some ways it's been really isolating and in others I think it's been really unifying. Um, there's just a certain level of recognizing that we aren't meant to do this alone. Um, and the more I think through what it means to be the body of believers, um, I don't know if everybody knows this, but in kids ministry are the like, mod- I don't know what it's called. It's not our mo- motto vision? <laughs> vision statement. It's one of the mission statement. Oh, okay. It's our mission statement <laughs> is to, uh, equip the parents to be the primary spiritual disciplers of their children. Um, And I think that a lot of times, and that this falls on me and family, like the entire church, um, we rely on Sunday mornings a lot. We think like, great, they're going to Sunday school. They're going to get Jesus. It'll be good. Um, And I think it was sort of this like, oh my gosh, I still want my kids to love Jesus. I still want them to understand his word and (laughs) worship him. Um, But Sunday mornings, watching church, I know that in a house with a lot of small children can just be like chaos. Um, so, sorry, I'm trying to remember what your question was, but my kids watch Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> so that's how it goes. <laughs> they did watch Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe once. There you go. Um, yeah, so I think it's been um, really interesting to watch as parents navigate that, like trying to do it alone, recognizing that we can't do it alone. How do we have community when we're not supposed to see other people? <laughs> um, how much, like, and I think to a certain level of pride of not wanting to like need that help, not wanting to say like, oh, Jess, we really need this resource. Um, and then in moments where I feel like the church really was, you know, whether it's meals to new moms or, um, or yeah, just moments of what has been hard for you, uh, I think learning to ask for that help and being able to do that, um, yeah, like our volunteers and the the people behind all these actions have just been huge for families. Um, and so I think learning to ask for that help and um, extend that. Yeah, that's great. Well, our, let's imagine this 
is going to happen in two years. COVID oh, no. again. So, <laughs> I mean, just COVID-20. COVID-20. Uh, I say it like, oh, man. Uh, but uh, <laughs> never mind. Let's not imagine. <laughs> uh, no. But this question's canceled. Why, why, how can, uh, how could you, just even just in the midst of everything right now, how could you affirm some of our families who probably feel a little discouraged, like, oh, man, my kid was watching Toy Story during <laughs> uh, the Sunday service. This is like a very personal. Uh, yeah, it's personal. Are you okay? Um, and then, uh, but then also, how could you, like, disciple us and prepare us mm-hmm. to better disciple our kids? What are some of the, I don't know, just a few ideas you have yeah. in those kind of two categories. Yeah. Um, uh, first of all, families at home, if you're watching this, I really hope that you don't feel called out. I think each of you is doing amazing and learning None of us know how to do this. I hope that if it happened again in two years, it would be better. But, um, but really that point of like, we aren't meant, especially as a body of believers, we aren't meant to parent alone. Like, yes, you're the parents, but we have a team that rallies around us. Um, and so I think just as far as like loving Jesus and encouraging your kids to love Jesus, yeah, there's been a lot of growth, but um, I would just encourage like right now taking the time. It's hard to develop rhythms in the middle of a pandemic, um, but finding time, finding ways to worship as a family. Sometimes that means rest and alone time and just sitting at home with your kids. Doesn't mean that there has to be a sermon on, doesn't mean that there has to be worship on, but finding that rest and recognizing the beauty in what God has given you. Um, We've talked a lot in the last like week about stewarding what has been given to us. And so I think if you're a parent, like you're doing it, you're doing great. You love your kids, keep doing it. Um, but yeah, it's not meant to be done alone. And so, uh, developing those rhythms, finding time, reading the Jesus storybook Bible together, praying, um, praying every night. And I think even like watching little kids pray is one of the most wholesome things. Um, I know Vince has like a catechism that he does with his boys. Um, and so establishing those now, even though, you know, it's so easy to say like, oh, we're five months into this pandemic. Oh, life is going back to normal now. Um, but I think now is exactly when those, uh, those rhythms, I keep saying that word, uh, when those are developed though, is spending time together and even your kids watching you just praying, watching you read your Bible. Um, yeah, if it's not happening on Sunday mornings, that's fine. There's freedom in that because the reality is, and we talk about this a lot too, is that the church isn't Sunday morning. It isn't Sunday school. It's not our volunteers saying this is the gospel. It's the way that we live out every day, live, knowing, loving, and seeking Jesus. Um, so yeah, I think rhythms and finding ways to worship in the midst of normal life and also a pandemic is yeah. what I would encourage you guys to do. Yeah, like do, do it in normal because then <laughs> pandemic will be still hard, but maybe not as hard yeah. versus trying to launch new rhythms in the midst of a rhythmless world, yeah. you know? Uh, that makes that makes tons of sense. I, I know, like we have, we have struggled with that, you know. And there's things that, like, I think we do well, but it's that's really good advice. And so, uh, and maybe we're just, Jess is going to roll out some great new content that she's going to personalize, write in a book. Anthony's like, cool. I'm into it. I will uh, say, just I'm just going to throw James under the bus here. We were sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell a story about your kid. The other day, this is actually their story, but he was praying and he thanked Jesus for building them, which is just like the most wholesome thing. So yeah. ask your kids what they want to pray for because they like they get it. They get something, you know, yeah. and um, sorry. I'm sorry, Verity. No, Love that's you. good. Thank you for building me. That's what he loves saying that. Yeah, thank you. And then he's, now he's like, thank you for building brother and thank you for building. I'm like, well, it's like not Legos, but um, but anyway. Okay, so 
let, let's transition, if we can, away from uh, you know your your jobs and your job roles, if you will, and we just want to hear like teach us, like tell us like what can we learn. Especially, let's let's put the question to you both of how do you see Jesus, right, our Lord? How is He forming our church right now? What do you think? Light, nice, light softball of a question. <laughs> Easy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot. Um, I actually had four key points, and I don't remember them off the top of my head. <laughs> oh, yeah. I feel like that one first one's yours, though. Um, I was thinking generosity, vulnerability, um, resiliency kind of tied in with it, adapt, adaptability, yeah. adaptation. <laughs> I don't know. Um, so Kaylee obviously can talk a lot on that generos- generosity portion. Um, but, yeah, as we've t- we keep saying this, but things just change every minute, every day. We, I mean, this is... We're hoping that next Sunday we'll be back in person. That's our third day. <laughs> like, um, just learning to roll with the punches. Um, and I don't want to steal your thunder, but watching our church engage um, and watching them reach out. There have been really difficult parts of quarantine and um, really hard conversations have been had. But there have also been so many people to come and say, hey, I have donations for these food boxes. Hey, I just want to be here. Like, what? I feel like I've gotten the question, like, what does your staff need right now? Um, what does the office need? Like, Somebody the other day offered to bring us spin drifts, which was very specific. And I was like, we will take them. (laughs) I know. I was like, I'll take the spin drifts for sure. Um, (laughs) I think that's sparkling water for the other uncouth people out there, like myself. But it's it's the best sparkling water. It has real fruit juice. With a touch of fruit. (laughs) Um, Anyways, I just think watching... watching the church love and serve each other and then even flowing up to leadership, which I think so often it feels like an outpouring. Um, I don't want to wrongly take that credit because it really feels like there have been a lot of other people to serve and bless us um, and be the body of Christ and be a family. So you can go now. (laughs) I don't know how to follow that. Um, Yeah, I think my brain thinks in stories and, like, captures moments. And so there was uh, one of our last box packing events. Um, I I was just kind of sitting there, and there was a lot of things going on. If you were with us, then you know, like, the precision packing of how to make all this happen. And and it was a very schedule and very – it took a lot of hands – um, that were sanitized and with gloves and people in masks to show up in like thousands of hours to like make these moments happen. Um, and so I stood there like under the tent with I'm sure like sweat on my forehead and red cheeks and um, was just really overcome um, by the beauty of, of togetherness, right? Like the, the this reality of linking arms. Um, again, that's a bad analogy during physical distancing, but. This reality, yeah, like the reality of being united and caring about each other um, when it's not convenient, right? Um, when it's actually really painful and when I have to eat more ramen to make someone else um, a meal or bring them something. Uh, so I think like that level of generosity and just that moment, I think will always be in my mind of stopping to see not just the physical people in front to physically pack the boxes, but the thousands of hours and moments and people and and dollars that went into that. Um, I think another situation, uh, again, like just in stories, but um, we, with Care Portal, we um, have gotten a lot of bed requests um, coming in and getting to drop off a bed into a room and the kid like, 
literally just like bouncing on the bed and 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 laid down with their cheek against the bed um in this moment of like again I got to see that but the hundreds of people who financially provided and the moments of storage and the truck to take the bed over there um and so just this beautiful moment of entering into other people's pain and that's really scary and really hard and <laughs> really inconvenient so much of the time. Um, and so I think just like the amount of thankfulness for the Lord's provision um, and, and being united and caring has, has honestly like um, been a, a beautiful, um, hard piece of these, this, this season. I also, sorry, before we move on to the next thing, I think thinking through your, like, united front, there are so many unsung heroes of, like, all of the projects that have been going on and all of the, it's Care Portal and it's Foster Care and it's AZ-127 and it's, like, all of these tiny little, those all kind of just clumped into one, but um, it's all of these little, like, boxes. And so, um, I don't remember what the exact question was, but, um, but thinking through, like, the way that the church has served and, like, I just feel like there are so many faces that um, that are leaders that maybe have never gotten like never gotten the shout out or never been recognized. So, church, we see you. We like are so grateful for you, um, and we we seriously could not do this without you. And the hundreds of hundreds of hours spent at Walmart and Sam's Club and buying all of the spam in the continental U.S. <laughs> I, th- I think just, to, yeah, when, when we were talked about, like, the church closing and using that language, um, it became really apparent, right? Not just us saying that, but, like, the belief and the togetherness, like, we are the church now more than ever without a physical building. So whether that's in a school and sitting in an awkward chair that has teenagers' gum on it or that's a pew somewhere, like, this reality of living out the gospel, and we get to do that in unity. And, again, that's painful and beautiful, but I think I've seen that and personally experienced that now more than ever in my walk with Jesus. And, um, yeah, I love Jesus more now because of these people and because of our church, um, even when that's not easy. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah, um, so we wanted to ask a few more questions just kind of to get your perspectives on what it's like being part of our church. Because I think a lot of times me and Vince, because we speak on Sundays, our church, you guys, you get you get our perspective on the church. But you guys are a huge part of our church and work for our church. And so you guys have perspectives on the church that are just perspectives are from different angles that we don't see. And so I we wanted to ask just kind of a handful of things so that people could kind of hear how you guys see our church and how you guys see things. So um, some some of the questions are, are more fun than, than others, but uh, so kind of even just this this first question is what is like the, the this sounds like I'm buttering them up, but I am <laughs> uh, or buttering redemption up, but I'm not trying to. Uh, but what for you guys? What's what's the best part about being a leader at our church for you personally? I don't like answering these first. I feel like I need to know what you're gonna say. Um, no, it's absolutely the relationships, and it's, um, well, I don't, the first few weeks of quarantine, I'm sure you guys remember this, we would be filming or doing Sunday service, um, and 
I'm not good in front of a camera. I get really awkward. And, <laughs> um, and so at one point I was recording something for the kids. Vince was like, just, just act like you're talking to the kids. And I literally started crying because I love the kids at our church so much. Like, I think that people think I'm kidding when I say that, but like, I think about all the kids that I get to interact with that I'm used to like high-fiving, knuckle, knuckling, that's not a um, fist bumping, um, and just like this fun conversations and those moments of sweet prayers. Um, yeah, and so I think that is just like a really sweet part of that. Um, and tied into that is like I get relationships with people that are just one, I get relationships with people that are in the same phase of life as me, but also so many families are just like, oh, you want to come over for coffee? You want to come have dinner? Like, I feel like I have like just families throughout Flagstaff that I like, I, it feels so unifying. Um, and I, I don't feel like I ever could possibly be alone because I just like, I feel so loved. Um, and respected in a lot of ways. I don't know. That's, I don't want to toot my own horn. Um, but yeah, I think specifically kids has given this really deep relationship um, and love that I, it just doesn't fit into any other box in my life. It, like, um, I think frequently about when people say, if you love your job, you'll never work a day in your life. And like, I do. I love walking into the office every day and then I love Sunday mornings um, and I love the people that I know and work with and work alongside. So... It's really cheesy. Love you guys. Okay, the next question. I am going to go first because I really don't like following that. Um, I think, yeah, the beauty of, of using gifts, the four of us are all very different in um, how we... <laughs> so I, I think me as a leader and, like, honestly, the best part of my my job, and I, I don't like using that word, but whatever, my whatever I do here... Um, is that I get to take the beauty of what we get to experience and live out and be in meetings and boardrooms and conversations and a lot, a lot of Zoom meetings um, and be able to speak the gospel with our actions and to um, be ministers of reconciliation. I think that 2 Corinthians 5 verse has just stuck with me so much. And so um, I get to be the, I get to hear a lot of stories, but I also get to hear a lot of pain. Um, and I think the beauty, um, yeah, again, not to get like super weepy, but the beauty of being, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know, the beauty of being together and the beauty of of writing a different narrative for our community um, and advocating in those spaces, not just on a Sunday morning, but in all of the spaces in between. And again, that that gospel is lived out in all of life, all for Jesus. And so every moment that we um, get to laugh together or be silly together or ask really hard questions together like has shaped me as a leader. And I think that's one of the best parts of my job is I get, I get to do this as part of my job. That's awesome. All right, a uh, rapid fire question. Just have to answer it real quick. Dang. Favorite pastor at Redemption Go? The whole Tyler Favorite Johnson. Pa oh. <laughs> Never mind. It's fine. Just kidding. It's, Sorry, no, Jerry. It's, I'm just kidding. It's a solid I'm just kidding. Uh, no. mostly, I, <laughs> mostly I just really hope that Tyler watches this and he's like, that's right. Yeah, I'm sure he yeah, will. That's what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know he's not. All right, no, but uh, uh, real. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's not about size, dude. Um, all right. Hey, uh, this church, I'm prepping you for this question. I'm about to ask them kind of a more vulnerable question. 
And part of uh, doing that is, again, I think their perspectives can teach us, inform us. And so this question is not to rag on us as a church or to hurt us or whatever, but um, it's really to uh, form us and help us see their perspectives and understand them. Because the reality is this sort of question me and Vince answer a lot of times when we're preaching in, in different ways. But I feel like Kaylee and Jess... I think Kaylee and Jess, Je- Kaylee and Jess, don't get to answer this. So we, ju- I just said, what's the best part about being a leader at our church? What's what's one of the, like the hardest parts about being a leader at our church? And again, church, let's listen with open ears and open hearts, realizing they're not trying to judge us or condemn us or something. But it would be good for us in order to love for them and care for them and 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 just see maybe some blind spots we have as a church. I don't know, but I'll let you guys answer that however you like. You said you were going first on this one. <laughs> Save the hardest one for last. Um, yeah, I think these guys get to hear me a lot talk about these things. Um, and I think the beauty of, of living life with friends, and sometimes that feels really hard to work out when my life can feel very different, right? It, I can very quickly say, because I'm single, this is different and this is hard or I feel excluded or because I'm a woman in leadership, I don't know how to figure this out. And I, both of those statements are very true. Um, but I think that I can really wrestle with how to walk both of those pieces of my life out in a way that honors the Lord um, and is not fitting in someone else's box of me or someone else's assumption of me. It's been really hard to uh, get a lot of questions and a lot of assumptions and a lot of um, perceptions and people's pain and their own stories asking or assuming things of me. Um, And so really having to ask those questions and really surrender to Jesus's voice in that and the truth um, of people that I I know love and respect me and not just trying to fix the whole world or save all womankind um, (laughs) or change the narrative for someone else. And so really to just be with Jesus and to walk that out in safe places, both singleness and women in leadership, I feel like are are hard to navigate and there's no really easy answers. Um, But I want to love Jesus more and I want to honor him with my choices. And so that requires hard work to participate in these conversations. So that's really good. Yep. Yeah. Um, see, this is <laughs> you're right. I should have gone first. Um, <laughs> no, I think uh, I think the singleness and the being a woman like plays so much into leading at a church when there's so many questions. Um, there's just like constantly questions being hurled from whether that's from younger women, from people who want to know what it's like to be on staff. Uh, I feel like there's just always questions to be answered. Um, I think for me, the hardest thing is feeling uh, incompetent in answering those. And so again, it's nothing new to our staff, but um, there's this fear or desire to be able to answer everybody's questions to say like, this is what the Bible says about this topic. This is how Jesus would respond. This is how Jesus would lead this ministry. Um, and just feeling like for whatever reason it is that day, whether it's that I'm just sad that day and so I feel incompetent or, um, or any other factor that like plays into it. Um, I think God uses it a lot to force me to bring it to him because the reality is, is we're, we're never going to have all those answers. We're never going to be able to save the world. Um, I know Kaylee and I are really cool, but we aren't saving the world actively. Um, well. And so, I mean, maybe a little bit. Um, Jesus. Right. Jesus Jesus is using us to save the world. Um, (laughs) 
<laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah, and so I think, I think battling, um, I don't even think it falls on the church. Like, church, I think you're absolutely awesome. But um, I think that, that, like, fighting my own sinful nature to want to solve all the problems, to answer all the questions, um, I just don't feel like I'm ever going to have all the right answers. And that's really hard. Like, I want to know and I want to... But I think also in that, it's been really cool to learn, to lean on other leaders above me. And, you know, everybody learns something. Like, the goal is to continue learning from those around you. Um, and so I think that's the hardest thing, is setting my pride aside and saying, like, no, there's a lot to be learned from the people I'm surrounding myself with. Yeah, and I think there's what's helpful about those those answers, and I think it's those aren't necessarily new discussions between the four of us. I feel like we're constantly trying to navigate that, and, and for for us too. And what does that mean for us to minister well, and for our church to minister well in the midst of that? And so, I think like even kind of what what they're bringing up is just I think it's just even a probably a necessary conversation that we'd love to continue with you, church, you know, as we continue down this path of trying to be formed by Jesus for the sake of the gospel and, and just trying to see, okay, what does this mean for us as a community that God has intentionally brought together in diversity, right, in in different backgrounds, gender, all that stuff to say, this is perfect in Jesus. And so how do we become and allow the church to be more in Jesus? And so what does that mean to form us all in that moment? So super helpful. Um, I'm going to pivot. I'm going to take the cop-out question, which is instead of like saying, what's really hard? Um, what What's kind of, I think sometimes, and I, I even brought this up to you, I think earlier in the week of just, I we get the question a lot too of just like, What's it like in there? You know, like pull back. The, pull, you know, is that a, is that a weird? What, like, if you pull back, pull back the curtain. You know, like what's going on behind the stage? You know, and so, would you? I think people are gathering what it's like a little bit just by watching this, but. Would you just what's what's maybe an aspect of uh, of of redemption of office life of just work here that maybe you just want them to know and, and you can share anything you want about Anthony. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a really lighthearted answer? Because <laughs> mine's like. Um, no, go. <laughs> okay. First of all, I'll say it's a lot of laughter. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of good aspects. Um, See, I think that okay. Um, I think legitimately it's um, the depth of relationship. I think people can see the preaching on Sunday or or the CGE events happening, um, but this office feels very much like a safe space. Um, and there's we jump from like deep theological conversations to joking about like boys all the time. Um, <laughs> I don't know why hey. I said that. I threw myself wow. under the bus. Uh, wow. um, Close the veil. Close the curtain. <laughs> but it's this, like, it's the it's theology, and then it's really lighthearted, and then it's really rough digs that are just, like, jokes, at, you know, and um, it feels the the sarcasm paired with, like, such deep love feels un, unmatched to any anything else that I've ever experienced, um, and I don't... I feel like I even try to explain to other people. I'm like, so this was happening in the office. And everybody's like, okay, that's just weird. And I'm like, no, it's, it's like a horror movie. It's yeah. Um, but it, like, there's so many facets to the relationship, and <laughs> the office is just one minute we're screaming, singing, and like sing, scream, singing, like singing loudly. Yeah. Um, not we don't scream, never. Um, and then the next yeah, minute, like one of their favorite things to do is they'll <laughs> film Anthony and I from behind 
singing which we have lots of those videos real messed <laughs> up like real let us real know if you want them. Yeah. <laughs> um but i think it is and then it goes from that to like <laughs> we're no, I, to say, I thought they were serious <laughs> videos i thought they were trying to get us spotted on youtube oh, yeah. or something that we're, we're discovered actually, i thought we're we were being discovered yeah for tiktok yeah. <laughs> um no, so like one minute we'll be singing and just being loud, and the next like Kayler is crying because we're feeling the weight of the entire world. Um, yeah, and I think just like the actual relationship and love uh, that covers so many things, um, and one of our one of our church's core values is not, nothing to prove and no one to impress, and I think that's just like really lived out in this office is true vulnerability and love, and um, that's my really sappy answer. That was a great answer. That was perfect. Now, Kaylee, say what we told you to say. <laughs> this is the dirty Rain secret. Rain it in. Rain it in. Rain it in. <laughs> um, we have photo proof of a lot of this. So. <laughs> Those videos are real. Like, <laughs> really, we Those have them. real, yeah. Yeah, I mean, honestly, like, the amount of silliness and outrageousness I've never experienced. I feel like my productivity in, in um, crazy has increased practicing that skill. Oh, I think the, bat- the camera's Stop on a battery. Push her out of the when seat. People, <laughs> uh, we have, like, people, you know, dropping off stuff at the office, and we're having, like, a really big argument slash healthy conversation about some really big slash not important topic. And, um, and, and then I get a text after, like, do you really accomplish anything in there? Um, and so I think that there's this beauty of, right, like all, all of life is all for Jesus and in the humor and in like the fun moments and like the silliness and maybe way too much information we know about each other um, to these moments of like true deep vulnerability. And I think I said it earlier, but like I truly do love Jesus more um, because of both of you guys, and uh, you have both seen me cry probably more than any other human being. Um, and the beauty of knowing myself and knowing the gospel and knowing what it means to walk that out um, with hope and dignity and a lot of silliness. So I think just like not, and they didn't pay me to say that, um, but I think truly like this, this when we are in deep relationship and when we do move towards each other, even when we are extremely different from each other, there is beauty in that. And um, so that's been like the fun, ridiculous part. But also I use earphones a lot to accomplish anything, so. Everyone share their Enneagram number really quick. Go ahead. You only did this because I did this earlier today. (laughs) (laughs) No one is surprised, but I am a two, if you. I'm a six. Seven? I think I'm an we eight. Don't really know. We don't know. It's a question mark. Never noticed that. We're not sure about what Anthony is. And so. I'm just over here by myself. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, we stand with you. Also, they really love watching The Office. That's my. That's mostly, that's, mostly that's the me, juice in yeah, the, the Office and basketball. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and I think you know, I think one of the, the importance of that question is you know, I think like our church, we. One of the things we've often heard about redemption since, like, we moved here seven and a half years ago was that there's just kind of a relational piece. And a lot of that is this driving uh, cultural value of we, we take God very seriously, but we don't take ourselves that seriously. And, and I think there's times we probably should take ourselves more seriously than we do. But <laughs> right in the now. midst of it, I think it's, yeah, like me having part of my Tahitian panini, not on my shirt, but... Uh, this is gonna turn into like whose line is it anyway (laughs) so it's been so fun to to almost see the arc even of the five months that we've been recording these type of sermons and different things of 
you know, when we first started out, it was like, listen, we got to be we got to be on it. Professional. We're editing out everything. To last week, I had Anthony and Jess <laughs> yelling, hot mic. Like, just, it was just it's ridiculous. Really Which, again, we know only four of you watched. <laughs> no, so we it, um, You know, so part of the pulling back the curtain was, hey, we want you to know that, like, um, that in the midst of all this, like, hey, we, we really do love each other, and that's the kind of the staff, but it extends well beyond this room, and that's the way we do view Anthony for a long time, and, and really it has become real adopted language, not, not necessarily no church has ever said this, but just really viewing our church mm-hmm. through the lens of family, and that there is t- so much difference, so much complexity, oftentimes real serious things, but done so with a real trust and a hope. And that's what we, we want you to see a piece of that even this morning, because that's how we feel about seeing you next Sunday, is like we cannot wait to be uh, and, and see so many of you in person. Um, we know not all of you are going to be able to make it out. Like we know some of you are just, hey, we need to, we need to hang back for a variety of different reasons. And so we're going to live stream and still we'll have that. And hopefully we'll see you, you know, Sunday or in some of the capacity really soon. Um, but that's, that's kind of some of what we wanted to accomplish today too, whilst also learning from, from the both of you. The last thing we'd like to end on is um, many of you know this, but many of you don't. So both Jess and Kaylee, for part of their salaries, they, they raise support. And so uh, the church just isn't in a financial position to be able to float them completely financially. Uh, and so they, uh, they raise support through a third-party organization called Praxis. And we'll put a link here at the bottom of the screen if you would like to go to their website. And if for any reason you're just feeling like, hey, these, these women are doing amazing work, which they are, uh, we'd love to come alongside them financially and do know this that like obviously when you give to the church that we are (laughs) paying them as well but uh, again just to help them in their journeys as they continue to serve in the capacities they do and so we'll unabashedly ask if you're feeling called to do that that you do that so um we love you like seriously we love you (laughs) we love being able to work with you and then the work that you do both of you is uh it's unparalleled like i literally think we have the best staff and all of redemption and and hopefully every pastor would say that about their church Um, for tyler huh oh yeah tyler is so great (laughs) (laughs) he actually is watching this like this he's been making the rounds and this was the redemption flagstaff week um and i'm never gonna hear the end of that just so you know i have signed myself up for years of tormenting um so thank you uh thanks for being willing to to do this but thanks for being willing to lead and and we know the conversations that you have to be in that we don't have to be in um and at least in the capacities that you are and so thanks for having those and trying to one, obviously you love Jesus in it, but also trying to love our church and love Anthony and I. Like, we see it, and we love it, and we appreciate it. So, um, church, we're going to cut to a little bit of time of response. But before we do that, I'm going to ask uh, one of you two. You guys can rock, paper, scissors to pray us out. So, whoever wants to go. <laughs> He's a rock, rock, paper, scissors. He I know, but nose goes trumps rock, paper, scissors. <laughs> Everybody knows that. It's fine. I enjoy praying, so. <laughs> wow. Uh, Jesus, um, Lord, I just thank you so much for the staff, God, for our church and the ways that, um, yeah, I sound like a broken record, Lord, but the ways that we have, uh, seen the church be the body of Christ. God, um, I pray this week that we would just continue to love, to see one another, to serve one another. Um, yeah, God, I thank you for Kaylee. I thank you for the team that's here in the office. I thank you for each face that we get to see every week and the phone calls and emails and meetings that we have. God, I just pray that um, 
Lord, that you would use us and be, let us be vessels to this city uh, to show who you are, to show your love to the least last and lost. Um, and God, that we continue to take you really seriously, but not so much ourselves. Um, yeah, thank you for the staff. Thank you for this morning. And thank you for uh, the family that is here in Flagstaff. It's in your name, we pray. Amen.